Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the game industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to get your free pass to our next digital event coming December 8th, 9th, and 10th, where you'll have more great sessions you can participate in for free and inexpensive passes to our industry-leading digital business-to-business meeting system. Also, make sure to donate to Extra Life. We've got a link down below in the description, or you can even join the Indie Game Business Extra Life team. That link is down in the description as well. Here we go, Indie Game Business. Indie Game Business has one of the longest running digital event series in the gaming industry with hundreds of publishers, investors, developers, and tech companies to meet with. All the sessions are always free to watch forever, and you can get a free pass to receive all the slide decks from all those speakers. The tickets for meetings start just at $50. Go to IndieGame.Business and use the code IGBPODCAST to get 20% off your ticket. Okay, we are live again. This is our third session of the day. Uh, We're talking with Rachel Presser, how indie developers can polish their branding. So if you would like to uh, introduce yourself, I I will leave you to it here. Uh, Hi, so yeah, I'm uh, Rachel Presser, Asanto Consulting and Media. You may remember me from such conferences, you know, as that that sh- crazy toad lady is always giving out chip clips and toad stickers at GDC and other events. You've probably seen my amphibious ramblings around the internet at various points. I write a lot for Gama Sutra as well. And um, yeah, so thanks so much for joining us today. Um, yeah, thanks to uh, Jay and Daniel for hosting this really cool event and having me on. So yeah, a um, little bit about Sonato Consulting. Um, so I, I've been um been in this industry for about ten years now, but uh, I've had Sonato for about five. Um, so as the name implies, you know, I do business and games consulting, um, mainly for indie, triple I, and uh, freelancers. I also do B two B consulting for professional services, other companies that want to do business with game developers, or you know, they want to have a game commission, but they've never worked with a dev team before. So I do that. I also do business education, um, obviously one on one, but also I work with institutions who, you know, they have these awesome game design programs, but they just don't really know about business. So that's where I come in. And Oh, yeah. And so as I put in big letters here, I have a new e-learning store coming soon. So please, like, message me on LinkedIn, Twitter, drop something in the comments, what kind of educational content that you want to see. And, yeah, visit SonicToad.com to learn more. And so without further ado, well, let's get into what you came for, which is learning about branding. So most indie developers, at least you know, who I've talked to at conferences, you know, when I've given these kinds of talks, when I... Just ask you all around on the internet, you know, what's like the biggest thing you struggle with in terms of, you know, the actual business games and marketing is virtually always up there. Always. Um, you know, we're in a very crowded landscape now. The industry's a lot different for independent developers today compared to when I first came in about a decade ago. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Um, you know, the first being that there's just so much information out there about marketing, you know, in general and about games. And what makes it just so difficult, um, just from what I can see, is that, well, there's two prongs to this. One being that these marketing methods are constantly evolving. Um, That's the first one. But then it's also because these marketing methods are also, they can seem kind of contradictory. You know, like I work with a lot of people in the digital marketing sphere. I do a lot of marketing work and I just see all the time, you'll see like, you know, 18,000 headlines blaring, SEO is dead. Let's not do that anymore. Like, oh, like you got to do PPC. Oh no, don't do PPC anymore. It doesn't work. So yeah, there's just so much, so much information. It's so, so conflicting. And but what it really comes down to is that you know a lot of tra- like I said a lot of traditional marketing is really always not a good fit for in for indie games. 
we just have so many unique quirks and challenges when it comes to, you know, actively building a fan base and a community, getting the word out there. Um, yeah, and indie devs in particular are just so overwhelmed because a lot of us, you know, got day jobs or got other businesses to run on top of making the game, building a community. It's just so much. And yeah, there's so many wild cards. Like you won't know what kind of batshit crazy guerrilla marketing campaign is going to take off or some like, you know, really methodical thing you put a lot of thought into. Does it work? You never know. But there is one common thread that I've seen with why a lot of indie game marketing campaigns tend to fail. It's because you're missing the foundation, which is a solid brand. Um, so yeah, we're going to dive into like those so many different things about branding today, but that's just the main point I want to drive home today, like more than anything. If there's anything you're going to take away from my talk today, it's that you need a solid brand. Think about how, you know, you can't make a game without an engine. If you've got, you know, a, a, your car sitting in your driveway and like, again, starting, it, imagine that the engine's missing. That's what we have going on here. So, you know, what exactly is branding anyway? You know, like people use branding and marketing, you know, together, but they're actually not interchangeable. So like the dictionary defines branding as a marketing practice where you have a name, a design, a symbol, something that's going to easily distinguish you from like the tens of thousands of other game studios out there. And so branding is, you know, it's something you start off with, but it is a process that evolves. Like marketing is more of like a general term. Like it can mean like one campaign, it can mean one strategy, and it kind of means like, you know, the big like universe of things. Branding is just one planet. And then, yeah, advertising is like, yeah, not, it's like, it's, like, it's part of branding, like, you know, it uses branding, but, you know, like, I see people use them interchangeably, but they're not interchangeable. So why shouldn't developers, though, care about this? You may think like, hey, I just want to make a great game, getting out there, you know, if people people like it. I know my audience. I know what they want to see. People gave me a great feedback at, at PAX East or wherever else you were showing the game. Like that's all fantastic. You know, that's all important, but there's actually a lot of reasons why indie devs should care about, about branding. I'm going to go dive into them now. So one of them being that, you know, it helps establish ownership of your work. And this is important for a lot of reasons, but one of the foremost being that, you know, hey, like if you have actual, you know, like branding marks, which we're going to get into on the next slide, um, when you actually have like these branding marks that actually say, you know, hey, I, I made this, I own it, this is what makes, you know, mind game different from like, you know, the other, you know, like couple hundred side scrollers that just got released on Steam this year. This is what, this is me, this is my team, this is what we do different, this is what, this is what we want to be known for. It helps so establish, you know, yeah, that kind of differentiation, who owns this game out there. And what I mean by building long-term value is that, yeah, like I said, like, so like branding is an initial process, but it is one that, you know, it, it grows, it evolves. Like when people actually get to know your brand, what it is, that's the thing. Like when you give it time, you get, you know, you get recognized more over the years it does build up this kind of long-term value. Like case in point, like if I, you know, like go to, um, you know, like my, uh, I, I, my uh, web developer or my, um, whoever's got my domains handled, like if I actually go type in like my domain name, it's actually worth like something like 1500 bucks now. It was worth $0 five years ago. That's what I mean. Like in terms of domain, in terms of like, people actually knowing what, you know, who you are, what you stand for. And so it also demonstrates, yeah, that you are totally invested in what you're doing. Like having branding is what separates a hobbyist from a professional. Not knocking hobbyist does. I think it's a wonderful, fulfilling hobby to have. And if you want to do this you know, for a living, you actually want to make money off this to some degree. You really got to go invest in your branding. And because, yeah, having that kind of branding does at least give, you know, against some idea of what to expect whether you're going to meet or subvert those expectations is yet to be determined. But that's the thing. It still you know, drives home some idea of what people should expect, what they should think when they hear about you. And it's so that therefore it's important for both 
the business to business and the business to consumer side of things because you know, it gives the player, it gives your audience an idea what to expect. And then if you want to work, you know, with the bigger players like publishers, investors, that's the great opportunity to do that today since we have, you know, lead to max sessions going on later today with lots of different uh, companies. Yeah, so you want them to take you seriously. You really got to invest in your branding and show you're making an active effort to do so. So now that we've established why branding is important, well, what are you going to do with all that? So this is what you do with it. This is just, this is not even like a fully conclusive list, but it's just a general idea of where your actual branding material is going to go. Like namely your website, when you set up, you know, distributor pages like on Steam, itch.io, at, you know, anywhere else you're going to go sell your game, any other marketing materials you have, like business cards, if you have swag big, like my wonderful chip clips, so stickers, if you're going to have pens, pretty much yeah, anything else like that, that you're going to like, you'll give out at events, which sadly we're not doing now, won't be for the foreseeable future, the current state of the union, but you know, there's nothing stopping you from having it made, mailing it to people, um, and one day we'll hopefully have conventions again safely. Um, yeah, and, and letterhead and documents is another thing because, yeah, when you actually have to start sending business correspondence, yeah, we do most of it by email now, but you still sometimes will have to actually like, you know, send official documentation and it's not going to look as good if you just have like this like basic ass word document with like your name on it. No, you got to have like cool looking letterhead. Um, yeah, so obviously game trailers, box art, anything that's going to have, you know, your your logo, your marks, um, that splash screen opening fanfare when people start up your game. That's an important place for it to go. Like the main menu is another place. And then pretty much anytime you're asked for a logo, like, yeah, take a look at like that meet to match page and look at all those logos all over the place. There's going to be lots of times you're going to be asked for a logo. And that is something you really don't want to half ass. So with that said, there's two faces, you know, of branding, which we're going to talk more about that left half, you know, the fun, creative, and like artistic side of things is actually what most of this talk is going to be about. And then the second side um, is like the business and legal standpoints of branding, which I'm just going to get into on the next slide. We're going to spend more time on that latter half. And Oh, look, this is a total coincidence, but there's a really cute amphibian in this photo. Wow. See, yeah, you got to have that kind of consistency. Okay, so there's many goals of having an established brand, and there's some business and legal reasons why you need to do so. So like I already mentioned, you know, it does prove, you know, to like publishers, investors, um, financers, you know, anyone who you want to do business with it's proving that like you have a real business that's the thing you need to have this like for tax and legal purposes because um the irs does do you know a lot of checks about whether something is a business or a hobby shameless plug i wrote the book about king developer taxes because i was um you know a i was a tax law professional before i got into game development and i wrote a whole book about this. I have many articles in Gamasutra about this topic. And hobby versus business cases are a very, very important thing for us because game dev is frequently treated as a very expensive hobby with sadly limited profit potential. So if you want to stop the IRS from going after you, there's a lot of steps you got to take. One of them being establishing branding, establishing a business entity formal yeah formalized registering your business um making sure that like the marks um you like to register are not taken the name you want to use isn't taken and so i just like yeah briefly mentioned about yeah copywriting versus trademark so our wonderful game lawyers you know out there can help you with all that stuff that's not my area of expertise but in general though like you know, like, so your actual game your web content all the stuff that you know you're writing your you know, drawing that you're creating, that's still copyrighted. Logos, slogans, other types of marks, that's what gets trademarked. And yeah, so talk to a gaming lawyer about when and whether you would like to do so. Um, but yeah, but it's important from a business and legal standpoint, because if someone is using your marks, you can sue them. Uh, so it's important to have this, these differentiating factors for that reason. 
But now the main reason we're going to be diving into you know, branding and like the chief gold branding is that branding is really all about the impression you want to give, what you want to communicate, how you want to communicate, you know, whether it's going to be through imagery, words, all the other elements we're going to be discussing later, like how you want people to feel, you know, when they're interacting you know, with all your stuff, you know, not just your games, but your website, you know, your social pages, you know, anything pertaining to, to you and your work, you know, how, what do you, what's the impression you want to give them? And so I, this little infographic on the left here about, you know, the importance of all these different elements um, because yeah, there's like this university of Minnesota study that was done like actually back in the eighties, but still gets cited to this day, mostly by marketers, but by other researchers as well about how, how the human brain processes images, you know, opposed to words. And then, so this university study found that like we process, you know, pictures like literally 60,000 times faster than text. That's why logos and color schemes, all the things we'll be discussing are so freaking important because you know, that is, you know, a really like dire first impression that you have to make and, you know, and the effect that has on people keep seeing it over time. And then there's also like the more like linguistic and like, copywriting side of branding, um, which yeah, pertains to like, yeah, your site copy, like the way that you write or have other people write for you. And so the, and so yeah, the content marketing Institute, which is a pretty authoritative um, marketing resource. Um, so they say that, yeah, that like having like well-written site copy will produce 7.8 times more traffic than just posting the bare minimum. Well, so because, um, you know, game devs have slightly different needs than the average, you know, like content client out there, um, I would maybe take this one with a grain of salt, maybe not seven, you probably want to see maybe 7.8 times, but in terms of like raw engagement though, it will be higher when you actually yeah, like do have like your know, language that for that fully encompasses your brand in a you know aside from just oh this is the game this is the studio come read about us so yeah it's more about what you want to communicate and how you're going to do so and so as for how you're going to yeah communicate you know like your point and like the way you want people to think and feel we're going to dive into all these different elements because um, they're all you know, equally important and they play a major role you know in how people are going to are going to perceive your particular studio so yeah logos are extremely important um because i have like heartbreakingly watched you know a lot of indie devs you know just starting out and they'll like be like oh yeah i'll just you know go on fiverr or something go get you know a shitty polka made or oh, I'll just, you know, go pull something up and just because it's better than nothing. And okay, that might be a decent start, but you really got to like invest something in your logo because they're a major element of brand cohesiveness. And, you know, you got to basically make it like you're compelling or somehow like you communicates, you know, something about your work, about your studio, like your values, aesthetics, you know, something. It's got to basically be memorable and why isn't memorable like why would someone want to you know go check out a game that's got your logo on it so i just pulled a couple you know like from the internet and yeah like there's you know a myriad of different you know design options that you've got like we have like this like you know like simple like clean looking one for rockstar this like more like alpha one for spicy horse like there's so, like, take a look, you know, at different game studios of all sizes, like, you know, just make, like, a list of them, be like, okay, I like this about the logo, or I don't like this, like, how would you do it differently for your own studio, or, like, do you think that, like, that logo, you know, aligns with, with, you know, your expectations of their work, so that's something important to consider, and so, as I mentioned, um, you know, with language, um, it's a very important part of branding because, you know, the way that you communicate what you're communicating is obviously it's important, but yeah, like how, how are you going to do so? And what kind of language, you know, are you going to use to not only just not only make your points, but also, yeah, like 
how does it sound different or how does it sound similar to what other devs are doing? How are you making it unique? And so these are some of like the different, you know, types of words and phrases to keep in mind. So like slogans and taglines tend to get confused. Um, well, there's not really a hard fast rule for how long a slogan should be or if you should even have one, depending on how you roll. They're usually about, you know, like two to five words. Like it's really like easy to remember, like it's punchy. So whether it's like funny or shocking or it subverts your expectations even. Like it's something that's gonna like yeah have have an impact and be easy to remember. Whereas a tagline can also be easy to remember, you know, but it's longer than a slogan and it's usually like you're know, meant to like drive so like the slogan gets your attention the tagline drives it home and then web page copy yeah like that's extremely important you know because who's the audience so is this you know a player who wants to find out more about the game more about you know what kind of work that you're doing or is it you know a potential investor who maybe you know wants to help fund your next project you know like what how are you how are you gonna write about like you know your games, your intellectual properties, you know, like how you guys, you know, got started and your origins, like what type of communication and the and the audience is important to consider because you can have like that very, you know, like clinical type of information someplace on your website, but then still have, you know, all these other web pages that like are really out there and like use the same kind of like you know environmental like storytelling that your game does um go for like social media and email communication so like, how do you want to come across you know, to your fans that's a very important thing that can kind of get overlooked because like i said i get it like the biggest challenge you know of indie game marketing is that we're overwhelmed we're not really putting a lot of thought into some of these things and hey getting some getting some kind of communications out there is important than not at all. You know, getting some kind of marking out there is better than nothing, but we want to do better than better than nothing. That's why you're here. That's why we're doing this. And so for, so when you have that kind of like cohesion with your communications, you know, with your site copy, these other things, that's referred to forming a brand voice. So case in point, like, I use a lot of like amphibian related terms like in my communications, in my site copy, um, all the other stuff. Because I love I love frogs and toads. Like I think it's like impossible not to love them. I'm really passionate about amphibians and I just freaking love talking about them. I could do it all day. And so I know that like my average audience, unless they're also toad people or professional herpetologists, are not gonna really get that. But so you have to like, you know make it i mean i had to make it understandable for like the average person who's taking a look but all you can still see what was being done there that yeah all these um you know amphibian references are being made because it's like oh hey this is like really you know like there's fun there's passion to be found here and that's the impression i want to give off and so it's the same kind of same kind of deal here so like what kind of impression you know, do you want to give about your games? Like, if you have, like, say, maybe, like, some kind of, like, cyberpunk dystopia, like, you could, you know, for your game setting, like, you could totally bring that out, you know, in your brand voice and, you know, just just go wild with it, have fun with it. You know, you could, you could take on your actual game world or game characters and, like, have them do, literally do the talking for you. I've seen, I've seen that before. Um, so I also have this little bullet point about style guide. Yeah, so unless you're going to have, like, a ton of written content, which have at you know, we're, we're here because we want to try new stuff. We want to maybe try things that have been tried before. If you want to do, like, a ton of written content, if that's what engages your particular fan base, then, um, and especially if you want to, like, you know, take on other writers to help you with it, that's when, um, yeah, when you have like this brand voice that's kind of evolved over time, you get a style guide that has, you know, things like, yeah, like we want to like use, you know, like verbiage. We want to use this word and that word. Like, you know, don't like, yeah, like don't use stuff that sounds like this and provide examples. Like, okay, yeah, we want to take like, you know, like a positive tone or, or like a nihilistic and post-apocalyptic kind of tone. 
you take into account like you know like the reading level of your target audience like yes that's all important stuff to consider and there's many wonderful professional writers out there who can help you with this we actually I think have a whole session today with some of the game writers where they won't let me talk about brand voice kind of stuff but yeah there's there's some wonderful talent you can source right there if you need help with this kind of thing So moving on from language, we're going to get into colors because colors are a really important part of branding. And, you know, because, yeah, because they make us feel things like, you know, think about how, yeah, like blues and greens can be like a really calming. That's why you see like 80,000 interior decorating magazines, you'll have articles about, you know, oh, yeah, like let's go paint your living room blue if you want to have this like calming escape somewhere or Oh yeah, like McDonald's and Subway and all of them, they'll use like yellow in their logos and their lettering because it's a loud color that gets your attention. And some studies apparently have been done that actually makes you hungrier. So yeah, like colors make us feel things, you know. So there's there's like people who actually have like you know entire, if not degrees, at least show just that they devoted a lot of study like to light color design and how how it makes us feel, how people perceive things, and so like think about yeah like what kinds of colors you see like in your everyday life you know whether it's brand related or not you know it doesn't have to be about like logos and things it could be like an article of clothing you really like or oh yeah, yeah like my parents uh living room always had this like awesome decor that always made me feel safer at home or like oh that that you know, that, that bar i can't go to right now because we're under lockdown like always made me feel like I was just like ready to see where the night would take me. Like think about that kind of stuff, you know, like, um, like, yeah, like the kind of colors that you would or wouldn't want to use. Um, why? Like, what do you personally associate with them? What do you think society associates those colors with? It's a, it's an extremely important part of branding. And so for a little like crash course in light color and design, cause I actually went to art college almost 20 years ago and remembered some of this stuff. Yeah, so there's just um, all kinds of different ways you can find colors, you know, that you think would really fit your branding. Um, yeah, so, like, there's, you know, hues, which when you're going around, like, that outer edge of the wheel, like, saturation is, like, you know, like how, like how bright and concentrated it is. Yeah, and then, like, tints are, like, lighter versions, shades are darker versions. And then you can like go around this color wheel, like it's set up this way um, on purpose because you know, the complementing colors are opposite of each other, like yellow and purple, for instance, you have our opposites on that wheel that you can see. Um, and then there's all kinds of, yeah, there's all kinds of like charts and like methods you can look up for how to use color wheels. Like you can like place like an equilateral triangle on here and then that'll actually like, you know, show you like, oh, hey, like these, colors together are going to make some kind of impact or you can just put some totally random shape on there and see what it gives you or just say screw the color wheel and go with what you think goes great together just based on yeah like your own experimentation or just yeah like seeing like what other people have come up with you know yeah look we're, we're in a highly referential field it, it's okay it's I, I know that like everyone's always like you know panicking about having to like do like the hottest new thing that wasn't discovered yet. And yeah, that's important. But sometimes you also just got to be like, hey, this studio already did that and it looks great. Let's go with something similar. So I just like, yeah, for you know, for, for, for fun, I made a couple of these little like color schemes. So just to get you started. Yeah, just like open up a design tool, you know, just like pop a couple on and just, or be like, hey, like these colors, yeah, like remind me of this type of game or like, my game uses this particular palette. I think that maybe we should go with this for our entire studio's brand. Yeah, just, you know, try different things, you know, see what kind of stuff that you come up with. And so secondary to color is that textures and shapes are also an extremely important element, you know, in branding because <clears throat> just like with the colors, they can, you know, yeah, like make us, you know, perceive things differently. You know, yeah, like take a look at, you know, some game studio logos. Take a look, especially from different eras, you know, because if you take a look at, like, say, 
you know, logos from like the 1960s and 70s, you know, things were <coughs> mostly like very flat kind of colors, you know, like really clean lines. And then it got, um, you know, a, more, a little more rendered, you know, more like, I guess, like spacey, like, you know, by the 1990s. And then you look at nowadays and like you, you start to see like those flat colors are coming back, but with more, you know, minimalistic types of shapes or, um, you know, yeah, like, or, or things are just like hyper render, hyper detailed. So it's important to take, you know, textures into account along with what kind of shapes you're going, you know, to use. Cause it's, yeah, it's, it's not just based on like the kind of art style present in your games, but it's also, yeah, like this is what people are looking at, um, how to make it, you know, compelling, you know, for someone to want to go click on and learn more about you. Like why, why or why not would someone want to do that, you know, based on the kind of textures that you're using and what kind of shapes are present. Yeah, so I just like pulled a whole bunch of shapes, you know, onto this board here. So you can, yeah, like get an idea of like what types of shapes and layouts and textures to experiment with. So yeah, like looking at this top left one here, like that kind of yeah, makes me think of like one of those like natural foods brand show because it's got that very like, you know, yeah, like wholesome kind of color scheme and it has like this very like very soft, like very like malleable looking kind of shape to it. Like I could totally see like a mobile game about like, a coffee shop or something like you'll know, be making this palette like with this kind of shape. And then someone who like, yeah, like really digs that kind of aesthetic, yeah, would, would definitely want to, you know, have that and see what it's about. Um, yeah, then like, then like in the bottom center block here, we have like this really hyper rendered, you know, like in complex, and like freeform, you know, like little mess of shapes and texture here. Um, that kind of makes that kind of makes me think of like late nineties three D art. Yeah, like the possibilities, you know, are pretty much endless. You know, just experiment you know, like with different types of shapes. You know, take a look at what some studios like you know did with uh, as far as shapes and textures go. Be like, hey, I really think that like they gave you know, the impression they make like these slick and futuristic kind of games but then it turned out that they didn't or oh like i really think that you know that this logo actually does match the art style scene in a lot of their work so yeah just take a look at what's out there you know like get draw inspiration from a couple different sources and yeah you'll come up with some pretty cool stuff and so taking from both like you know, the shapes and textures concept and with the language concepts fonts and text styles are also you know an, an integral part of branding because they can make a really big impact this is especially important for web content where you control the appearance communications where you control the appearance because you know when you publish stuff on other websites you know yeah like getting you know like your steam copy you know looking nice and all that like you may or may not have as much control over how it looks but when people, yeah, are visiting like yo, know, your web page, you've got their attention, you know, because yeah, cause you got to think about yeah, the time and the place here. Because the reason why, you know, all this stuff is so important for brand cohesion is that when someone's visiting your website, you have their undivided attention. It's not like when they're browsing games on Steam or like the App Store or something, and there's like literally thousands of other games out there that could be, you know, like grabbing their attention too, like you've got their undivided attention they're there to learn about you you want to make the most of it so yeah how that text looks is really important to how people are going to perceive you um you know it doesn't even like, matter yet yeah, what kind of like information you're communicating you got to make it easy to read um from an accessibility standpoint like you know so if someone has like vision that's not like you know like the sharpest or you have someone who's using you know, an assistive device to help them read is your text going to be readable you know through those formats um yeah any kinds of like printed goods on their physical branding like how is that text going to look on that so like i'm thinking about how people put stickers on their laptops all the time and obviously the logo yeah the color the shape all that 
is you know important for that part but text is important too so if you have if you've got you know words in you know in these kinds of branding items like why would someone want to put that on their laptop it's not just what you say it's how you say it like i know there's like a million and one like tired jokes about comic sans like we have which is which made onto the slide um but yeah, like if you have like a font that has a negative association like that, you might want to reconsider unless you're maybe making some ironic joke about it or whatever. Um, like one of these like more boring and like stable kind of fonts that may, may not get the reaction that like a custom font or a cooler looking one would. And it's important to do this for for not just your own logo, but also like your individual game titles. So. Yeah, like I grabbed a couple fonts just to like illustrate, you know, why they're important part of branding. Because yeah, like it helps communicate what the game is about, what you are about, you know. So like, look at you know how like you look at the way that like the kerning is on that text, line spacing, but also like how those letters are shaped, what kind of colors you're going to use, you know, like. Does this align, you know, with the title and or the types of games that you're known for in general? Audio. Okay. So this is actually something that gets frequently overlooked for indie devs and just like small companies in general. Um, so, and I, yeah, and of course, yeah, yeah, I say it's overlooked. I'm actually not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, but, you know, I'm still going to discuss it because, yeah, like there's, so many amazing opportunities you have to incorporate audio into your branding. And sometimes you just, you just don't think about it, you know, until someone points it out, like signature sounds, which I'm going to get into on the next two slides, your opening fanfare. Like that's a big one. Um, because I think that, you know, we have shorter attention spans these days, you know, games are not like this, you know, like, isolated and you know, kind of niche that they were like 20, 30 years ago, where having an opening fanfare like was, I think, a bigger deal back then. It still is now, you know, because when you've already got, you know, someone past the point of buying your game, you know, like, hey, like you've, you know, you've gotten them interested, you've gotten them emotionally invested, they bought the game, they open it up on their computer, and you want to have like, you know, that kind of opening fanfare that like, shows up every time that they start one, one of your one of your games like uh, and so that's an important part that you don't really want to overlook same percentage sound you could just if you don't want to do like a full fanfare you can just do like one or two sounds that just do start up every time someone opens up your game that's an important part of branding you don't want to overlook um so i don't know if you just heard the audio that came in i was having a little trouble troubleshooting this before um so yeah because it also does come in handy for things like game trailers and if you're going to do any other advertising so like that nintendo switch sound is like iconic now um there's so many of these sounds you know, that, that come from you know from game ads that you know indies tend to overlook yeah because we don't have you know the advertising firepower of a company like nintendo but it's still really important because those, no, because those sounds, they can be just as iconic as your logo or any other, you know, imagery associated with your studio. You know, so, like, it does get overlooked, but sound, a little sound can really go a long way. So, like, I just, yeah, like, pulled up a couple, you know, samples that I thought were particularly memorable. So, yeah, I've already got into the Switch one, but, like, yeah, Sierra Games. I grew up with Sierra Games. They were... They were a very, you know, very like integral part of my upbringing that made me want to become a game developer, you know, really get immersed in this industry. And I knew that whenever like they had that, like that really iconic opening fanfare that was like that dun 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 with like the, with like the bells that came after it that would shine, you know, on um this digitized version, you know, of the of um of the dome of the dome and. Yeah, Half Dome. And uh, yeah, I knew I was going to be in for this epic experience where everything in this game would try to kill me. And and I wouldn't care because the frustration was part of the joy back then. We, we, we were masochists in the 80s and 90s. That was how we rolled back then. There, there was no place you know, to go 
look up hints. You got to call a hint line a pay per minute like you would on on, on a, one of those uh, numbers. <laughs> you know, uh, that's how it was back then. And yeah, and so in this like iconic um, opening sequence for Konami, it was like the same kind of deal. You know, it had that little purple laser that would come in and then like the, those chimes that would play as the logo filled the screen. Yeah, like that, that stuff's important, you know? And like, I think indie devs are like really missing out on something by not always including this in that opening fanfare, um, you know, or just having some kind of signature sound at startup. Um, yeah, like dark. Yeah, dark. So yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't come in all the way. My my uh, imaging program kind of screwed this up. So you know what I mean, Dark Souls. You press start to die. You get that. You know that iconic sound that just plays right then. So yeah, all of our wonderful and talented game audio people can help you with that and help you create something that's going to be like you know remember for years and really help solidify your branding. Yeah, because the challenge comes. Okay, so we've you know we discussed all these all these different elements, but what about making it all come together? You know that can be like a challenging part. Because I know that I mean, look, I'm an indie dev myself. You know, I've you know now run two different studios, and it can be like herding cats. You know, and branding's kind of no different in that regard, especially if you may be thinking, well, hey, you know, I'm a I'm a broke ass indie. I don't know like how I can do all this or like, oh, I can't really hire, you know, a graphic artist to take care of all this for me at the moment. You know, how can I get started? Um, that's the thing. So the, the biggest like cornerstone, you know, of having a solid brand is that it's, you know, it's that frequency of putting yourself out there and how often people see it and the ubiquity of it, you know, like, Hey, like how many different places, like, you know, is your branding going? Like, are you, yeah. Like, so I know that right now, we're not really having a presence at, at shows and the like. So we got to, we got to make do with digital events like these, but yeah, like, are, are you getting on these types of streams? You know, do you have, you know, do you have you know, something of a social media presence? Are you getting, you know, yeah, those like itch.io and steam pages and other distributors, you know, um, are you getting, are you getting that stuff out there? You know, like, do you have, you know, um, your own website really built out when it's doing more than just being like, Hi, this is me. This is the game I made. Like, are you actually like really truly building something with it? And so, yeah, it can be like you're know, kind of frustrating figuring out what you know what to do with branding. But that's the thing. Like, it's mark. That's what makes marketing, you know, both like fun and frustrating because you never know what's going to take off, and you never know what's going to miserably fail the same the same can be said just about business in general but when it comes to marketing though lots of things see you should not experiment with things like copyright law and doing your taxes that's stuff you don't experiment with but when it comes to marketing though there's so many different things you can try and like if one method doesn't work you can try another um and look and brands evolve too like you know people you know can like Look, they change their values, their goals, their priorities. Um, you may change the same, you know, too, like depending on the types of games that you're making, depending on the type of audience that you've cultivated over time. Um, it evolves. You got to like, you know, give, you gotta, like, you know, experiment a bit to be like, oh, so, hey, if people aren't responding like to this type of color scheme or they don't think that, you know, this like shape looks compelling, try a different one. There are so many like different ways that you can like A B test nowadays, like especially if you have a mailing list built up. Um, yeah, there's like so many different ways that like you can, you know, try all these things and just see what gets results. And so yeah, if you don't have like you know enough money right now to like you know hire like you know like a branding artist who like specializes in these types of assets, there's like lots of tools you can like try for free or really cheap. So yeah, full disclosure, Canva is one of my affiliates. Um, it's much appreciated if you want to get a Canva account and you know you get a premium membership. Please click my link; it's much appreciated. Um, if you don't want to, it's okay. Um, I use Canva for a lot of my design work. Um, like I do have a wonderful graphic artist who made my iconic toads and warty textures and all that fun stuff, and then. Then I have like you know some stuff that like I leave all the harder things to him. I do some simple design work with my branding art myself in Canva. 
Krina Islam, also a wonderful resource if you want to just experiment, you know, with different shapes, colors, or just be like, hey, I, I mocked up this thing. Um, now I need a real artist to go help me. Pick Monkey is also good for that purpose. And then you'd be surprised at just, like, oh, how many, like, tools that you may already have laying around, like, you know, yeah, like, if you make, if you made your site in WordPress, or you, you just have PowerPoint, there's, like, so many different ways that you can just, like, look at all the different themes, all the different, like, smart art, and be like, hey, I would like something that kind of looks like this, or maybe uses this texture, or this color scheme, like, you know, just open your mind a bit, you know, take a look around, um, and then there's also some graphic designers out there who may have, you know, a template or a kit of sorts, like, so if you can't afford them to do the whole enchilada like right now they'd be like hey here's you know like a little kit you can start with i have a guide of how you can start to you know make your own logo with this with this tool i made or here's how you can form a really cool color scheme that gets people's attention like there's all all sorts of resources out there yeah if you don't have the if you don't, if you don't have the time or like the skills to do it yourself um or if you don't have like the budget for a graphic designer, yeah, there's stuff out there to get started. Then you can always get you know a pro to refine it down the down the line. So yeah, thanks so much for you know for uh, for tuning in, and um, yeah, th thanks again to Jay and Dan you know for hosting this really cool event. Um, good luck to everyone you know doing meet to match. And since I think we have a couple uh, minutes before well, we've next got a we have a yeah. bunch of questions for you. Oh, nice. Okay, let me let me exit out of uh, that. What are we doing? Okay. All right, I will uh, pull them up here. Well, we'll just right. put. There we go. Uh let's see. First That's question that. from from Benjamin Rand. At what point should a developer begin building? Because we've only got just several minutes left, and we've got like yeah. a bunch of questions. So I wanted to okay. get to them. What point should a developer begin building their brand, and where should they start when building their brand? as early as possible. And I'm actually gonna give you another helpful link um, that um, from a piece I wrote for Gama Sutra a little while back, um, as early as possible. Um, so it could be like, you know, after you've already gotten your game kicked off, it could be after you know, you've purchased a domain. Think of, yeah, think about the image that you wanna project, like, you know, like the impression you wanna give of your work, you know, using all these elements that I discussed. You, the earlier, the better. You know, like save early, save often. It's the same thing with, with branding. You want to do, yeah, you want to do this, like, you know, early and often. So, yeah, as early as possible. Okie doke. Next question from Corundum Games. If you're going to commission a logo, what would be useful information related to technical and design to provide to the artist? All right, that's a wonderful question. Um, yeah, you, you basically want to like you know, give them as many references as possible. They, so like so said, if you're looking at you know other other studios logos, there's other brands that maybe you know are not you know game companies. Um, <clears throat> you'll be like you know, hey, I really like this type of texture, or you know, like, I really like this color scheme, or I don't like this. How can you make it you know look look like this type of design I have in mind? As for technical information. If, um, if the designer's not familiar, like, you know, with stuff like it was specific for game-related branding, you should you should give them, you know, references for things like, like, uh, like, oh, hey, like, there's all sorts of, like, you know, guides out there for what size that say, like, Steam ads should be, for instance. Like, there's, I know, I know that for Steam in particular, it tends to change a lot, but, yeah, there's all, so basically, look up things like, um, yeah, like, guides um, that tell them, like, what, dimension like what resolutions to use um ask them you know if they have a they should already have a portfolio up on their website but like ask them you know hey like what kind of resolution do you recommend you know for yeah for like a website logo versus you know something that i'm going to use for a sticker um yeah because if you're going to have like also like goods commission like they will usually have some kind of guide up for the designer to take a look at and I just also popped a link in the, whoops, I think it's in private chat, not the comments, but yeah. Hi, yes. Well, you, I, can, yeah. I can post that. I'll post that yeah. in comments. You need to start your game marketing early. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to post this in the comments really quick. Boop. Okay. Um, I, I would also suggest um, 
to get your logo as a vector, right? So it can be scalable. Or if you're not going to get a vector image to get like a, get it, get it large, right? Because you never know. You, you, you're like, oh, I just want it for website or for this or for that. But you never know. You might want it for a big banner. Yeah, yeah, get you know a vector. I mean? vector is like a one size of fits all kind of thing. I'm also going to pop in this tool here. Um, so you're going to get something called a .ai file. Um, if you just want to like be like, oh god, I have to, I have to do a virtual event and I can't upload this AI file everywhere. Zamzar is a wonderful free tool where you can convert that AI to a JPEG and then beat the crap out of it in Canva or even MS Paint. If you're like, oh shit, I need this like small version of a logo. I don't know what I'm doing with Photoshop or I don't want to buy the subscription. Yeah, Zamzar is a great tool for yeah for doing that for converting AI to the JPEG. Or you, or you can just get like a 4,000 by 4,000 resolution logo, you know, just a massively huge logo. You know, yeah, that's how you're going to do your brand ubiquity. Take up the whole damn page. You know, that's right. Off. We're just going to go upload this AI file. Oh, my God. This toad board is taking up the whole fucking page. And that's what All right. Exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, here we go. Here's a here's a little personal one. This is from Only by Midnight uh, from YouTube. Which indies do you think have good branding? Oh my god, that's like asking me to name my favorite Toad. Because <laughs> no, there's like a lot of indies that got really good branding. Um, god, I don't know if I I don't know if I really had to like pull one like off the top of my head. Um, I don't know. Waja Eye comes to mind. Um, definitely. Let's see. Definitely. Um, I'm actually, yeah, like Winter Wolves is another good one. Um, not so much. I mean, I have. To, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love them dearly, but their individual games, I think, are branded really well. When I hear Winter Wolves, yeah, I don't really know exactly what to expect, but yeah, that, that yeah, they come to mind though. They've done a great job with like their individual game branding. Um, I'll be here all all freaking day otherwise. <laughs> Right, right. Before. But um, yeah, those are the first that just like popped into my head right now. Um, but yeah. Well, you know what? There's a ton of questions. So how can people get a hold of you to ask uh, more questions? Um. So yeah, you can um hit me up. Uh, yeah, on LinkedIn. I think I I think I did pop my LinkedIn link earlier. Um. You can hit me up on LinkedIn. You can also hit me up at sonctoe.com. Um, if you would like to do some consulting, um, clarity.fm slash Sonic Toad. Um, if you don't mind, um, amphibians and leftism, hit me up on Twitter at myhtb84. <laughs> or just, just, yeah, just look at Venture Toad to like me. <laughs> um, you know. That's great, because there's, oh, like, there's, like, at least 15 more questions, but oh unfortunately, God. we're oh, out no, of time. I see in now. Oh, wow, yeah, I did not see that, because I did not see that on when I was in full screen mode. <laughs> right. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.